Welcome to The Everyday Creative, a podcast that encourages creation over consumption. I'm Emily, a certified health education specialist. And I'm Evie, a licensed art therapist. And together, we talk about ways everyday people can incorporate creativity into their lives in order to consume less and create more. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to The Everyday Creative. I'm Evie. And I'm Emily, and we're here to bring you another episode all about how to create more and consume less. So we've been talking all about creativity, uh, the different ways to think about creativity, the different types of creativity, how it shows up in, in your life. And this week, I think it's time to talk about the benefits. So after all, if you don't know why something's important, you're not going to prioritize it into your life. Exactly. So let's start with that. Creativity is important for everyone and innate within our human nature. In childhood, we see this creative nature emerge between ages two and three, and it's expressed as constant questions and divergent thinking. Unfortunately, many tend to lose this creative skill as we age. On the bright side, though, creativity can be reawakened by developing creative attitudes such as imagination, curiosity, and critical thinking. So, why should you care? Here's a couple of examples of how creativity can benefit everyone. For one, it improves mood and increases happiness. So whenever you finish a creative task like journaling, doodling in a notebook, dancing, your brain is filled with dopamine, which is a hormone and a natural antidepressant that motivates you and makes you feel good. There was a study of over 600 young adults who took note of when they were creative and for how long. And after a couple weeks, researchers found that those who were creative every day reported greater levels of happiness. Even something as simple as just singing in the car helps to release those feel-good hormones and put a smile on your face. This releases, like we had mentioned, the uh, hormone of dopamine, which is secreted or released from the reward system in the brain, and this increases your motivation. It's like a little shot of energy that feels good and makes you want to do more of that thing. Also, this is a good time to talk about flow. You've probably heard of flow. This has become a lot more popular in recent years. It is a state of mind that you can get into whenever you're completely absorbed in an activity. Have you ever been working on a project and completely lost all sense of self and time? That's what we call flow. It reduces anxiety, boosts your mood, and even slows your heart rate. It's not just being in flow that helps your happiness. Things like repetitive creative motions like knitting, drawing, or writing help activate flow and are all tasks that create a result. And when you succeed at creating a result, no matter what it is, your brain is flooded with dopamine. Whether or not you're aware of your increased happiness, that hit of dopamine you get after being in flow will drive and influence you toward similar behavior. Yeah, so that's really interesting. Do you... Can you think of an example of, of like when you've been in flow? Yeah, um, things like art making are a way to activate flow. It can also be activated through tasks where you really need to be hyper-focused. Like an example that we hear in research a lot is um, 
competitive sports or extreme sports like snowboarding, even running can even get you there. And I've done a lot of running in my life and I'm not (laughs) sure if I've ever really reached that state of like. I don't think it does it for me. (laughs) Yeah, there's some things that do and then some things that don't, some things that work for people and other things that don't. Um, But once you get to a level where it's not super challenging so you've developed the skill in it so mm-hmm. you're not constantly thinking about okay what do I do next how do I do this so you have to have a level of skill and experience in that but it still needs to be challenging enough that it forces you into that present moment awareness where you're just focused on what you're doing and you're not thinking right so flow is being able to shut off your thinking mind that way you don't have that constant chatter in your mind yeah of this is what I'm doing, or this is what I did yesterday, or this is what I'm going to do in the future. It is being fully present. And there's ways you can practice that. Like meditation, Mm -hmm. for example, is a way to tap into that flow state as well. So there's a lot of examples and we could even do a full episode on just how to activate flow. Oh, that might be a good idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I think that that's something that I don't feel like I experience it very regularly. Uh, There have only been like a few times and one was pretty recent. Like I set a timer because I needed to do like some serious thinking about stuff and I didn't, I didn't want to do it, but it's like the brainstorming part of it was necessary. So I set a timer and I started my work and then before I knew it, like the timer had gone off and it actually scared the shit out of me because I had forgotten that I'd (laughs) set it. Um, So I feel like that's probably maybe something pretty close to flow if that wasn't it exactly. Right. I would agree too. And they call that like the way of blocking your time. So Mm -hmm. you can actually allow yourself to get into that state. Sometimes that's necessary for me to do some real creative writing Mm -hmm. and it takes some time, especially with something that is challenging, but setting a timer is a good way to allow yourself to get into that state. Yeah. Um, Sometimes people even do that through conversation and having a fully present conversation with someone. I could say that I definitely get into that state in therapy a lot of times in having that connection with people and um, fully present on what they're saying. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So note, note to self, we need to do an episode on this. Absolutely. All right. So that brings us to the second one. Uh, Creativity can boost your self-esteem. So it's closely tied to improved moods. And that kind of ties back to what Evie was saying, like with the hits of dopamine, that's what kind of creates that uh, improved mood and uh, motivation. It gives you a personal satisfaction and sense of achievement. So it's like when you actually produce something and you – you have something to show for your work that can give you that personal satisfaction. And this can be achieved within just 45 minutes of free art making, which was in a study that was published in Arts and Health. It involved uh, participants aged 18 to 59, and they were allowed to use any materials they wanted to create something. And then afterwards, they were asked a bunch of questions. And based on the way they answered, it was reported that there was a 73% increase in self-confidence. And that's that's pretty big. So like you invest 45 yeah. minutes in yourself and 
your confidence is increased by 73%. I feel like I could really take more time to do that. Yeah, right. It's a huge increase. So like in this particular study, it was kind of what we think of as traditional creativity. So it's free art making using materials. But do you think that, you know, outside of this type of like traditional creativity, do you think something else maybe less typical would produce the same sorts of results? Yeah, absolutely. I think anything that you create can help boost your mood. Like anytime you solve a problem, Mm -hmm. that can really increase your self-esteem and and like, wow, I can actually do this. Um, Another thing that came to mind whenever you were talking about the 45 minutes of free art making is exercise. Because they say, you know, 30 minutes of exercise a day, it helps increase your mood and overall well-being. So, and that kind of ties back to flow too. Doing some sort of exercise, you're required to be in your body and just focused on what it is that you're doing. So, although that's not the same as like the traditional creativity, you're still creating movement. Yeah. And that could be dance. That could also be acro yoga. I did that for a little while. Um, The it's the acrobatics and yoga combined where you're doing moves and stretches and poses with a partner. Mm -hmm. And that's a form of creativity as well. And that can be a really great way to have that boost of achievement and motivation because there's skills that go along with that and you can improve on that. Mm-hmm. If you're working on a particular movement or they actually call the movement flow also, I think. There is it's like a, a flow little... yoga. Right. Like a yoga yeah. flow or something like that. Yeah. So anything with that where you're like learning new skills, mm-hmm. that can help boost that sense of achievement. Like I'm working towards something or you continue to get better the more you work on it, the more you try. Yeah. All right, so we'll move on to the next one. Creativity makes you smarter. So there are studies that show that people who play instruments have like a better connectivity between their left and right brains. Left brain's responsible for motor function, while the right brain focuses on the melody part of the music. And then when these two hemispheres like communicate with each other, that is what improves your cognitive function. This can also help with reducing dementia. This is like, for example, if you listen to music while you study, it can be helpful to listen to that same music while you take the test. Oh, Um, okay. There's things like trying to make where you actually take the test mimic as much as possible where you study. And memorizing lists, have you ever heard of the... Whenever you're trying to remember your grocery list, you can put your groceries in your closet. <laughs> like you're looking at your closet and milk is oh, in one you're talking about part of the closet. Calluses. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. I couldn't remember what it was actually called. Yeah. So whenever you not this is an example that doesn't just tie to music. It's like whenever you make a visual of something you're trying to remember, it helps make that connection in your brain. So on the cognitive side, on the left brain side, it is words, but then on the right side, it's images. Mm -hmm. So the more you connect that, 
the more you remember what it is that you're trying to remember. It helps your memory in that way. Yeah. So it gives you more access points in your brain. Along, well, along the same lines, I've heard like if you walk into a room and you're like, I was just going to do X, Y, and Z and you forget it. Mm-hmm. If you go back to where you were or like right. whatever you were doing when you thought of it, you're more likely to remember it. Exactly. Okay. So creativity is an effective treatment for patients with dementia. Studies show that creative engagement not only reduces depression and isolation, probably for some of the same reasons that we talked about earlier, uh, but it can also help people with dementia tap back into their personalities and sharpen their senses. Mm-hmm. This makes me think of music therapy. Mm-hmm. That's one of the examples that I hear most often with regard to music therapy is it can be really helpful in uh, elderly patients because music, like we had just talked about, it it connects all parts of the brain. Mm-hmm. So if, for example, you play a song that they remember, it can almost reawaken them and remind them of who they are. Yeah. And there's been studies, a lot of studies about music therapy with people with dementia. Yeah. Oh, man, what song do you think that they would play if you were a patient with dementia? What would they play for you? Oh, that's a good question. I'm afraid it would be like some rap song that I've heard in the club. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. I was thinking like 2000s hip hop. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, a different that time. That snap me right yeah, back. <laughs> Probably a place I wouldn't want to <laughs> revisit, but. Why is grandma humping the chair? This oh, is no. awkward. Oh, no. <laughs> Make it stop. Yeah. All right. So moving on to number four, creativity improves your social life. So social connection plays a major role in maintaining well-being at every age. And creativity can be a, a direct way of creating opportunities to interact with others. For example, there's tons of classes and group activities around creativity for example like painting with a twist where you go and you oh yeah you drink your wine you paint your vase of flowers thing yes exactly so there's a lot of examples like that so in recent years we've had to get creative to maintain social connections because of the pandemic so many of our outlets for creativity and places that we go to connect were no longer an option. Um, For example, bars, restaurants, I mean, you name it, Uh, sporting events, pretty much everything. The movies, those places you go to hang out with friends isn't an option. And they even like discouraged you from going to visit your family over the holidays. So we had to come up with ways to maintain those connections. And I think the biggest thing that we saw is just increased use in technology where you have more video chats and Zoom meetings and things like that in order to maintain those connections. Mm -hmm. You know, I was listening to this podcast about how to maintain friendships over long distances. And so that kind of made me think of like creativity and communication because I think communication can also be more than just directly talking to somebody. Like what? So there was this like a couple of like sets of friends gave examples of 
how they would maintain connections. So like some people did it through music where they would send each other playlists, you know, periodically, or Mm -hmm. they would mail them different things, you know, like back and forth. Right. Yeah. That reminds me of, um, someone that I didn't actually know directly, but it was like a friend of a friend who would do these uh, artist playing cards Mm -hmm. and you would create your own little playing card, you know, the size of like a standard uh, deck of cards Mm -hmm. and you make one and it can be a collage or it can be a painting, whatever. And then you just mail them, mail that to everyone on the list. So you end up having like a number of original artworks from people all over Mm. America at least. Yeah. That is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's flexing your creativity muscles there. Exactly. So there's also been studies involving older people, and this kind of ties back to what we were talking about just a moment ago, but um, being able to connect at an older age can help reduce the risk of isolation and improve self-confidence and mental well-being. So again, this is important at all ages, getting creative as a way to connect with other people. Mm -hmm. And I was also thinking like with uh, connecting in my work, I work with individuals who are in isolation for days like solitary confinement sort yes. of situation? Yes. So I work in prison for, for those who miss that bit from previous episodes. I work in a prison and I do art therapy in prison. So one idea that I've had is for guys that are in confinement for long periods of time, creating those little playing cards that I just mentioned mm. and being able to share those with other individuals in order to maintain connection, because one of the overwhelming experiences is lack of connection, isolation, loneliness. So that has a way of making you feel less humane if you're not able, or less human, if you're not able to connect with others. So being able to communicate with others, even remotely, Mm -hmm. gives that feeling of, okay, I'm not alone in this. So that's something that I'm considering doing in the near future. Yeah. Would you let them like write messages on it or would it just be like gone yes. and stuff? I was thinking like it could be a combination of things, multimedia collage, and it could also be like asking them, okay, if it were you, what would you need to hear? What do you need to hear in order to feel like everything's going to be okay? So it could mm-hmm. be like a, like a inspirational message or a comforting message to lift someone's spirit yeah. in those moments where they feel completely isolated. So moving on, and this kind of ties back to our first one with improving mood. This one is improving mental health overall. So creativity can help reduce anxiety, depression, and stress. It helps to focus the mind by creating a sense of calm and focusing on the present moment, which we also talked about previously, um, releasing dopamine, those feel-good hormones, And some examples of mental health and um, creativity in modern day is we've seen a increase in adult coloring books. So something that's traditionally Mm -hmm. meant for children and something that is considered, you know, a waste of time, possibly, or childish. But the adult coloring books are a way to 
encourage creativity and kind of bring back that childhood creative spirit. And we've seen this. Coloring books have obviously been around forever, and there's even been examples of adult coloring books with like adult themes in the past. But there's been a recent Mm -hmm. boom because of art therapy. So there's been a lot of art therapy coloring books. And I want to make a differentiation between art therapy and coloring books because it's not one and the same art making creativity coloring can be therapeutic but it's not art therapy if you don't have the trained licensed art therapist there to bring in their experience their expertise their knowledge and skills that help sort of bring it full circle to therapy so that just kind of takes it to the next level right so and helps you get something out of the coloring yes so Coloring is just one example of expression, self-expression, and creative endeavor. But with art therapy, Mm -hmm. it's bringing in the psychotherapeutic component. So creativity can also improve mental health by allowing you to process trauma. So this is externalizing what's going on in your head and in your mind by writing, painting, and drawing. Do you think you have to have a professional for processing the trauma or do you think you can do that on your own? It is possible. It depends on your intentions whenever you begin to create something. So with trauma, it is stored differently than regular episodic memories. So episodic would be like it has a time and it has a sequence. But with trauma, it's stored in implicit memories. So it would be, for example, trying to explain how to ride a bike. That is stored Mm -hmm. in your body. So it's very difficult to explain that if it's something that you have to actually experience to understand. So trauma Mm -hmm. is stored that way. So it's, it can be very difficult to communicate a trauma for that reason. So by expressing that through creativity, it actually allows you to access that a little bit better So whenever you can't communicate it, you can still paint about it. So with a therapist, they Mm -hmm. can help lead you through that process and be a sounding board, someone to speak to about what you've experienced. So on the one hand, yes, you can put it on paper by yourself. You can go in with the intention of, okay, I want to access this traumatic memory and express that. There could be a benefit to that. But on the flip side, traumatic memories are that. So it could be very Mm -hmm. traumatizing to go through that process alone. Someone who is trained in trauma reconstruction can help be that sounding board and that supportive person to help guide you through that process. So they could be asking you questions about your art. Art has a way of accessing memories and things that aren't conscious. So Mm -hmm. you may create something and through the process of communicating it and processing that with someone else can really help to make sense of those memories. So I think both can be helpful. You don't necessarily have to have a therapist, but having that trained person there can certainly add a level of understanding that 
may not be mm-hmm. as, as readily accessible without. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to check in about that because it's not like an art therapist is accessible to True. everyone. And I would say you art know? therapists are harder to find than your traditional mental health counselor, which they can yeah. also help. So you're like, talk to me while I draw this. Picture. Yeah. Um, you can search. There is a art therapy. Uh, American Art Therapy Association is the overall association <laughs> that mm-hmm. uh, for art therapists. So you can search American Art Therapy Association and you can find an art therapist in your area. They're a little bit more rare, like I said, but mm-hmm. um, I would recommend processing trauma with a trained uh, trauma therapist, which you, you can yeah. find whether it's art therapist or regular, that can be, that can be extremely helpful and valuable in processing trauma. Yeah. Okay. So in a recent study, participants completed creative tasks just before their final exams, such as painting, collage making, still life drawing, and clay modeling activities. The group showed a significant decrease in anxiety after their art making endeavors, suggesting that creativity really can help people cope with stress. Surprise, surprise, it works. Hmm. I wondered if they like tested how well they did on the test, like if it improved that. I would too. hope so. Which I realize is probably not the well point of this. I think it but... goes hand in hand because people that are anxious mm-hmm. whenever they take a test, they're more likely to quote unquote choke or, you know, make mistakes if they can't think clearly and anxiety tends to cloud the mind. So you would think that their test results are also improved. Mm -hmm. And there's one other side note here about improvement in the immune system, which I think we intended to do a little research on that. Well, I think we looked at it, but what, we we didn't we weren't able to find like the original research right. on that and like the mechanisms to how it worked. Like I think they're still sussing that out, but that's something that maybe we can see in the future. Yeah. If they can really figure out those mechanisms. But if we tie the pieces together, if we're talking about, you know, brain functioning and body functioning, um, mm-hmm. anxiety, stress, all those negative emotions, they release cortisol and stress hormones in your brain Mm -hmm. and in your body. So that hormone, it, it serves a purpose whenever you need to act or whenever there's a threat and you need to run or something like that. But if that Mm -hmm. is a hormone being released constantly day in, day out, that stress Mm -hmm. can stress your immune system and your brain functioning like we had just talked about. So that could ultimately have negative effects on your, your body's ability to function properly. And that goes along with your brain function, your digestive system, your uh, sexual function, and your immune system. Yep. It's all connected, people. Yes, it is. So yeah, just to close out this part, we'll just summarize those benefits one more time. So one, you've got improves mood and increases happiness. Two, boosts self-esteem. Three, makes you smarter. Four, improves your social life. And five, improves mental health. So surely somebody can find some benefit in that in that list we have Absolutely. there. Absolutely. 
So the creative quest for this week is to engage in one of the creative activities that we mentioned at least three days this week. Doesn't matter which three days, just find those three days. And it could be something super simple like listening to music, listening uh, or singing along as you're on your way to work, maybe dancing a little bit. So Evie, what do you think you're going to do? I think what I'm going to do is get back to singing. I love to sing. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's something that I've pretty much done my whole life. But I noticed here recently, um, I haven't done it as much because I, I have a long commute. And when I would used to sing in the car, I've replaced that with podcast. Podcast. Yeah, which I yeah. love also, Dang. but it doesn't give me the same boost as singing does. I find that it's really helpful yeah. and it's not something that I want to give up, but I could work on bringing back a little more singing into my life. And that would be a good time to do it. Yeah, so I actually just got a coloring book, Speak of the Devil. Yeah, because I've been looking for something to do in the evenings that wasn't just, oh, let me sit and watch Mm -hmm. TV. So I wanted to do something a little bit more. What kind of coloring book is it? Like mandalas or flowers or what? It is actually a gratitude coloring book. What they've done is they've gotten all these, I think they're just independent artists to do these Usually it's something nature related, but there'll be like a quote, like a gratitude Mm. quote. A lot of them are actually Bible verses and they've kind of drawn something that's related to whatever the quote is. That sounds nice. Maybe when you finish one, you can take a picture of it and put it on our website. Oh yeah, I'll have to do that. So this week's question is tied with um, what it is that we're doing. How will you make time for the creative quest? So my plan is to make time in the evening to do it. I don't think that I would like in the middle of the day, let me break out my coloring book and my pencils. Mm -hmm. So it definitely would be tied because I feel like every evening, even if I get home late from work, Eric and I have some time to like sit together and like I said, we're watching TV, but you know, just to give myself something. It's usually the TV watching we're doing is always a rerun of something that we've seen a thousand times. So neither Mm -hmm. one of us really have to be that connected to it. But but yeah, so that's when I'm going to find time. That is a good idea. You can, and the thing with coloring is you can multitask with something like that. As long as, I mean, I wouldn't recommend to do that in the car no. and color, yeah. but yes, that is something that you can can find some time for in the evening. Mine, on the other hand, I can do in the car, and I think that would be a really good time to sing because no one else, like when I'm driving to and from work, no one else is there, so I yeah. wouldn't be disturbing what it is that they're doing with my <laughs> beautiful <Right>. singing voice. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so be sure to to write in with your 
creative endeavor for this week and your how you accomplished it. Yeah, definitely. So on to our next segment, quality creativity. So this one I will jump in on my partner, Alex. I'll probably use him as examples quite a bit because he, he's a very creative, creative. individual. Yeah. yeah. Um, he has recently taken up carpentry. He's been watching a lot of videos on how to make things with wood and we have limited tools and that kind of thing. But he did recently get a saw so he could spend a little more time and a little more skill. I feel like the fewer tools you have, the more creative you have to be. True, but I do feel like tools, while it's not absolutely imperative to have like all the the bells and whistles when it comes to tools, Mm -hmm. but with carpentry, it requires a level of like exactness and perfection, which having the right kind of tool can help you just make it easier. I feel like there's a balance of that. Like you don't have to have everything, but you need enough to make it. And this goes back to flow again, right? So if you, if it's too challenging, you're just going to get frustrated. Right. But if, if, like, for example, he had a handsaw at first Mm -hmm. and it was very difficult. It took a lot of time and by the end of it, you're just so exhausted. And then you've got like this jagged piece of <laughs> Half a wood. Yeah. yeah. And like things hanging over and, you know, hazards, literal <laughs> hazards in your house. So um, he did get a saw, like an electric saw. Mm-hmm. And he has made a couple of, I think they're called weight boxes. So whenever you're lifting weights and you have the barbell and the weights on either side, mm-hmm. typically they come from the ground. But in order to work on those skills, you can make these boxes or have these weight boxes that go on either side that lift the weights up just a little bit. So you're working on like the second pull as as opposed to the the entire movement. Yeah, like wherever your sticking point is. Yes. So those weight boxes lift the weights up and he wanted to make a couple of those weight boxes as opposed to just buying them off Amazon or whatever. Yeah. So he made some boxes with like two by fours Mm -hmm. and screws. And that's pretty much the gist of it. And uh, they look really nice, but now not only are they weight boxes, they have become like little, like little coffee table (laughs) things in the middle of our living room that are actually going to look really nice whenever I get some like stain on them. So they've served a couple of purposes. Nice. And that's just the first thing that he wants to work on. He has a lot of ideas in terms of carpentry. Right now we're limited on space, so that takes a little creative uh, creative problem solving as well. Yeah. But um, it's a start. Nice. I like it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that brings us to our creative quote. And this comes from Brenda Euland. Everybody is talented because everybody who is human has something to express. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. That's all we have for this week. Have a creative week.